Hey folks, welcome to Gloria Day Lutheran Church. Uh, I'm Pastor Eric Tritton. This is a weekly word. And uh, we are in the sanctuary today because uh, I want to talk with you a little bit about baptism. Um, baptism is one of the greatest joys in pastoral ministry. I love it when I get to baptize somebody. It is a, it's a great moment of celebration. And you might be thinking, well, why should we talk about baptism? Well, baptism is one of those points when we start talking about different Christian churches that we have um, a lot of varying different views in terms of what baptism is and what it does uh, between denominations. Now, we look at baptism as a great gift that, that God has given to us uh, that's important for the Christian life. Uh, in the Catechism, Luther writes, uh, it's the greatest importance that we value baptism as excellent, glorious, and, and exalted. We contend and fight for baptism chiefly because the world is now so full of sects, S-E-C-T-S, uh, arguing that baptism is an outward thing and that outward things are of no benefit. And that attitude continues today. Uh, people will look at baptism and see something that was done to somebody and say, well, that, that has no value. But one of the reasons that we think that it does is because we ask the question, who is the person who is active in baptism? You know, many see their baptism as an expression of their faith and their commitment uh, to Jesus. And okay, fair enough. Um, however, uh, baptism in this mode, uh, it becomes just symbolic. It becomes symbolic of that, that individual's commitment, and they see the individual as the one who's active in the baptism. Uh, Lutheran Christians, the way that we read the Bible and the way that we understand what's going on in baptism is that we see here an outward activity in the sense that this comes from the outside and it is done to us but we believe that God is at work here. And he's doing something very important in us. He's making us his disciples. He's washing our sins away. He gives us real forgiveness in baptism. And he saves us through baptism. And you might be saying, well, that's all well and good that that's what you think, but why do you think that? Well, there are a couple reasons, and they're biblical. Uh, we look at baptism as something that Jesus began, and uh, I think we would all agree about that, that he is the one who said to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. In fact, that's from Matthew 28, 19 through 20. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. Now, sometimes when people read that passage, they, they really kind of focus on that first part where it says go and they they look at that as the command that is in the passage that we are to go and spread the good news and there are plenty of other places that talk about going out into the world to share the good news and the hope that we have in Jesus but ultimately here in Matthew 28:19 that word go it's not a command the real command in the sentence is make disciples. In fact, you could better translate this probably as, as you are going, 
make disciples. This is part and parcel of our life. And then Jesus continues by saying, you know, this is what I want you to do. I want you to make disciples. And he gives us two things that make disciples, two, two activities that support making disciples. And those are baptizing and teaching. These are, are connected to the command, make disciples. And you do this by baptizing and teaching. This is how disciples are made. And I want you to notice that in this passage, there is no choice that's offered. It, it doesn't say if the person is inclined, they can be baptized. It doesn't say if they would like to do something that shows their commitment that they could be baptized. It, it says that to be a disciple, you are to be baptized. This is something that is done to you and that God does to you to bring forgiveness and life and salvation. Actually, we'll get to that last part. Um, but this is how disciples are made. They're, they're baptized and they're taught. And that's not necessarily one and two because somebody could be taught and come believe in Jesus and then be baptized. Or it can go the other way around too, that a person can be baptized and then be taught and they're Jesus' disciples in this way. So in Acts chapter 2, uh, we find Peter standing in front of a great crowd that he has just evangelized, that he has taught uh, about the gospel, about Jesus' resurrection. And it says that the crowds were cut to the heart and they, they ask, what shall we do? And this is his answer. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of, the, of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, some try to put this as, a, as an order of things, that as you repent, then you go be baptized. Um, I, I don't think that this is, you know, first you repent and then you get baptized. Uh, the Holy Spirit is working to create faith in us, and these things happen together. That as we believe in Jesus, we are, we are led into repentance, but we're also to seek this gift that God gives, where from the outside... We are baptized, and, and, and God does his work in us. Both things are commanded. Both, both are imperative verbs there. Now, when it says to be baptized, that is a passive command. Again, this is something that is done to a person. You know, the, the representatives of, of God give this gift and they pour the water and they speak the words in Jesus' name, which is really you know, also saying in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it says clearly in this passage that it's for the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. This, this isn't something that we just kind of do as a ceremony to kind of say you're part of the church now. God is actually active here in order to give forgiveness of sins and to give the gift of the Holy Spirit. And what is, what is the gift of the Holy Spirit? It's faith. Well, wouldn't you have to have faith already to say, I, I need to be baptized? Yeah. Do you not need more? <laughs> he, he gives his gifts over and over again, and he gives them abundantly and richly. And this is one of the ways that he gives his gifts. He gives gifts of forgiveness and salvation and faith through baptism. So, so baptism, I mean, it is water. 
And you can see where somebody would just say, well, it's just a ritual and they pour the water on the person and they say words and so on. But the words that are spoken there are what matters. The baptism is water that is then connected to God's word and promise. It's connected to Christ's command and the gifts that he gives. And when Jesus gives these gifts in baptism, through the word working in the water, it delivers faith and forgiveness. The word baptize, it, the primary force of that verb is to wash. And that's a great image for what's happening when a person gets baptized. Their sins are washed away and a new person comes to life. But remember that baptism is not just water. It's water and God's word and his promise. And as it says in Titus chapter 3, 15, that this is a washing of regeneration and renewal. In other words, we're born again. So baptism is a great treasure, and it's a gift from God, and it's worth taking some time to think about and, and to be thankful for and to recognize the gifts that God gives here. I'm going to spend a couple more weeks talking about baptism, and I hope that you'll come back and continue to, uh, to think about these things with me. In the meantime, again, thank you. And if this has been a benefit to you, please feel free to like it, share it. Um, if it's something that helps you, maybe it, maybe it helps somebody else too. God's blessings. <laughs>